Welcome back to the Rush Student Ministry Podcast with Preston and Sadie Keller. We're so glad that you joined us today, and it's time to talk marriage and ministry. Yes, we have an awesome couple joining us today, Adam and Carissa King from Elk Grove, California. They host the Dear Young Married Couple Podcast, so be sure to go over and subscribe to that. And check out DearYoungMarriedCouple.com. Yes, you need to check them out. They are both certified counselors. They have a melting pot of degrees between the two of them from philosophy to psychology and beyond. Yes, we had a blast talking to the Kings about what it takes to keep a healthy marriage and ministry as a youth pastor couple. So let's dive into our talk with Adam and Carissa King. Let's do it. We're so glad to have Adam and Carissa King with us. Um, help our audience of youth pastors and leaders today uh, just get to know you, what your uh, your family, education, career, ministry, all of that kind of thing. Oh, man. <laughs> well, um, that's a lot to throw at us all at once. So uh, we are marriage counselors, and we um, we try to help couples, young married couples, get connected, become adventurous, and find purpose. And that is a full-time job for us. And we absolutely love it because um, when you see people change, when you see people reaching, when you see people, um, you know, really becoming something more of what God's called them to be, Mm -hmm. it's so fulfilling to join them in that journey. Mm -hmm. So we've decided to kind of devote our life to seeing not only married couples really, but we see that as like the foundation, but to see the people of God flourish. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, we, um, have been married for 13 years. We have two kiddos Mm. and we have a practice here in Elk Grove, Sacramento, California. Um, we see married couples, but we also see a lot of individuals. So folks who are working through anxiety, depression, stress, transition, a lot of people, uh, dealing with pornography Mm -hmm. that we help them out of, um, especially, yeah, because there's not many places that people can trust, Mm -hmm. you know, like, let me go tell all my friends that I'm dealing with this so they can help me out. You know, like, that's not a, typical thought process. And especially in the church, you know, there's such a stigma attached to that. So we do see a lot of leadership and ministry dealing with um, pornography, for instance, but also other mental health concerns that they don't feel comfortable reaching out to anyone else. Burnout's a big one. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we, we love this. Um, It's like Adam said, it's our world and we love seeing healing take place. We love seeing growth take place. Um, So we've been doing this for about 10 years now. Yeah. Well, Chris has been counseling clinically Mm -hmm. for over a decade. Yeah. And yeah, so I'll give her. It's always funny to like, you don't want to brag on yourself, right? So I'll do her. She can can tell. But her her educational prowess, um, (laughs) she has her uh, master's in um, marriage and family therapy. And she's had that for a long time. And she is currently now working on her doctorate in theology and all of the different language languages and everything else that goes with that. So she's working. She just got her um, dissertation approved to do a study on um, sexuality within in theology mm-hmm. oh, um, wow. oh, you can correct me how that yeah how that works. yeah so we're gonna be doing a big study um that will go out to 
all the Pentecostal ministers that we have contact info for. So the UPC, the ALJC, the WPF, and even some independent um, uh, contacts. So it's over 10,000 ministers and they'll receive um, a survey. And then uh, we'll take that information as a backdrop for what we see in modern Pentecostal theology regarding sexuality. And then um, we're going to compare and contrast that with first century views, um, first century Judaism, the intertestamental period, um, and then also the Old Testament, um, speaking into the New Testament for um, what the biblical view of sexuality is. Sex and sexuality. Yes. Wow, that's amazing. Man, that is- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll be it'll be cool. We're looking forward to seeing what the results, you know, what they say. And then most importantly, what do we do with that? You know, what resources are we going to develop from that? So Adam, even though it's my dissertation, has been Adam has been a huge part of hmm. making all of that happen. And um, I feel like we're working on it together. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then Adam's background, as far as his education goes, um, he has a master's degree in apologetics from Biola University. And so um, he's interested in helping believers think and helping thinkers believe. And, um, and so that's a lot of what his coaching is about with young people. We were youth pastors for a while. That's what my antennae are, are uh, looking for. Yes. Any, any sort of foothold to, to get into apologetics. Exactly. And, and he's so good at it. He's so passionate about it. And anytime we, you know, do a marriage retreat at a church or marriage conference, you know, and there's young people around helping out and serving and whatnot. Adam will always strike up a conversation with a young person and try to figure out where are their doubts? You know, where, where what are they questioning right now? True. <laughs> yeah. That's, so. that's amazing guys. Well, it's, it's so cool to see even your degrees, how, um, how deep and like theological thought and mixed with counseling you guys are. Mm. Uh, that's, that's really special. That's why you guys, I mean, part of the reason you guys are such, so successful. Yeah. Uh, that's really Aww. cool. Oh. Start here. Man, well, thank you. It's an honor to serve. It's, we love it. We're, we're blessed, but we're blessed to be a blessing. Yeah. And that's one of the mottos of our church. And we, we carry that into everything that we do in our ministry and career as well. So awesome. Yes. And a breath of fresh air. You guys are so cool. Aww. So, um, <laughs> but we need your help because a lot of youth pastors and our young marrieds or their young parents. So uh, mm-hmm. what would you guys suggest uh, young couples will, should do, these leadership couples, um, to keep a healthy marriage? Yes. Good question. And I'm so glad you're asking it because I think couples in leadership, whether they're young or not, um, oftentimes they're focus um, when it comes to like conferences that they go to or trainings that their pastor wants them to be a part of, you know, it's never about their marriage. (laughs) Like it's always about like, how can we help you become a better youth leader? Um, But really probably the, the biggest thing in addition to prayer and reading your Bible that can help you become a better youth leader is focusing on your marriage. Mm -hmm. And so that, that can be a challenge for young married couples, especially because they're, you know, they feel the pull to say yes to everything that they're asked to do. Um, and in youth ministry, I mean, we were youth pastors for about four years. You're not just a youth pastor. Like you are involved in almost every aspect of the church, you know, well, just to kind of like set the groundwork. Um, there was a time of our life at the beginning of our marriage where 
Krista was working three jobs. I was working two jobs while building a business. And um, we were both in school. I was uh, part, we were both part of the music, but I was a worship leader and a musician. Um, we were youth pastoring and also did a lot of the media. Wow. And taught Sunday school. Wow. So like, we don't recommend all that. No, but <laughs> here's the deal. I just say that just to say, we know, we know, you know, what it is to have that, you know, we had mm-hmm. what, f- not a huge youth group. We had about 48 mm-hmm. um, kids uh, students. And, and students. So why I'm saying that is not to brag, but it's like, that was the time that we were in. And this is what now looking back, it taught us so many lessons because I think we're all, you know, you're coming into your gifts when you're young and like, okay, this is what I want. This is what I'm driven to do. I had a burning passion even back then to, to talk to youth about apologetics and, and link arms with them. Like, okay, this is what you're facing. Let's, let's talk about it. You know, so that was the burning passion, but I had grown up a musician and so there was needs there, right? And we were both techie, so there were needs there. And so what happens is you get stretched, mm-hmm. which is a, a beautiful thing because we all need to be stretched in order to find out what you're made of. Um, but at the very same time, I like how um, there's a minister or missionary in Norway. His name is Yuri Sanguesa. And he says, you need to realize you're not Jesus. Because you can't work miracles at midnight. You you can't work (laughs) miracles at midnight. And I think that really sums up what we came to understand. Yeah. That that there is a limit to what I can do well. Mm -hmm. And God is calling you to be the best version of you. And that doesn't normally include everything else that God has called everybody else to do. And so like a concept that we espouse and um, we preach big time to ministry is saving your best yes for the things that God has called you to do in this season. Your best yes might change from season to season, but if you take someone else's best yes away, then they may not be able to rise to the occasion. And so you're kind of stealing someone else's blessing if you say yes to everything and if it's not your best, yes. And that's a concept that comes from Lisa Turkhurst, um, her book, The Best Yes. Um, So we recommend that book over and over. There's so many nuggets of wisdom, Um, but really people, couples in ministry need to understand that, um, that, Mm, you know, just because you are um, talented or just because you can play the piano or just because you can teach Sunday school um, doesn't mean you should. And, and that's a hard thing to, to accept. Like, you know, we, people hearing us could think we're being like heretical here. Like you're telling couples not to be involved. No, we're <laughs> saying be involved 100% to the best. Yes. That God has called you for in this season. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but that might mean saying no to something else. And remember, yeah. this is never a decision. Well, most likely not never, but it, <laughs> this is a, this is figuring out the best yes between good and better things. Mm-hmm. It's not bad and good. Mm-hmm. You're, you know, you're not like, you know, should I go and, you know, smoke some weed or go be a youth pastor? <laughs> like that's not, that's not what we're, you know, right. but it's normally like, you know, should I play piano for church mm-hmm. and attend all the practices mm-hmm. and everything that entails, 
Or do I throw myself into learning? And, and this is not espousing laziness, understand. Mm-hmm. But this is throwing everything you have and all of your energy at becoming the best youth pastor you can be. Yeah. And, and so, you know, of course I have to like, you know, qualify, qualify everything. everything. <laughs> We're not saying like, don't do less of, of being involved. It's saying, no, be as involved as God has called you to be, but, but be the best version of mm-hmm. what God has called you to be. Yeah. And, de- and that always takes development. Mm-hmm. You have to develop. And sometimes that takes years yeah. before it's ever, that it ever comes out of the, out of the ground, you know, like, yeah. so you might be able to do a better slideshow or graphic for Instagram, but <laughs> if you spent a couple hours just training someone in your youth group on the basics, and they probably know more than you anyway already, but you know, like you're just giving them some like admin tasks and you're like, here's the way we do things. Here's the flow. Here's the program mm-hmm. we use. And they take it over and they make some mistakes that's okay. Yours might look better, but then theirs is going to look better in the next few months. And then that's their best yes. Or years. I I remember, um, I know we're kind of going on this, but this is definitely a candy stick because we, we were starting to get burned out. Mm -hmm. I think we were burned out. It it was very tiring, but we started learning through that experience. Um, I remember teaching this young girl, uh, she wanted to learn piano. So I, I was teaching her piano and, uh, you know, it's, it's really difficult to listen to somebody, you know, at, at the very early stages. Mm-hmm. And I, I put her actually in youth service as, as our pianist very mm-hmm. early on. And she was freaked out. Um, but, but I was like, no, we're going to invest in this because this is, this needs to happen. And her brother, I had him play drums mm-hmm. and it's crazy because now I, I, go back to the church they're in. Mm-hmm. They're and both youth pastors now in two different churches. They're both youth wow. pastors in wow. two different places. <laughs> and they're both still, you know, using those instruments. And very well. And super yes. good. Yeah. Like I'm like, wow, you guys are crazy. But the thing <laughs> is, is like, if I didn't step back with, with that control, because it's really easy to be like, no, I could do this better. I don't want to risk losing the service to a stupid mistake or whatever, you know, but saying, you know, God, like part of what this job is here is developing people. It's not just to have a service. The end is not the service. Mm -hmm. Developing the people in the service. That is, that's, that's the end. That's, that's Mm -hmm. the purpose here. Mm -hmm. So I would, I would really encourage leaders to look around and say, what, what, do I have around me that I could develop so that I could focus my best yes or my time, my effort in the places that really matter? Wow. It's incredible advice. Yeah. So good. Um, so that's, that's, those are some great uh, nuggets for keeping a healthy marriage and ministry toward, towards a young couple. We think a lot of our youth pastors, we know a lot of our youth pastors are young marriage. Young mm-hmm. <laughs> um, let's talk about, something that you guys talk about a lot and that would be date night. Um, how do we yes. prioritize quality time with uh, our busy lives? Yes. And this goes right on the heels of our last um, discussion, but you know, your best yes, part of that at least in this season and in all seasons to come is your spouse. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you 
don't prioritize date night. Um, and it doesn't mean that it has to be night. It could be date day. It could be date middle of the night, date morning. But um, if you don't prioritize, you know, alone time with your spouse, um, ultimately your ministry is not going to be as effective um, and your marriage could fail. The statistics say that um, husbands and wives were, were surveyed and, and that the husbands who um, got date night or alone couple time at least once a week, they were two and a half times uh, less divorce prone. And then the wives said the same thing, but they were four times less divorce prone. Wow. So if you want like a way to divorce proof your marriage, mm-hmm. like there you go, go on a date. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not difficult. Now, of course, we have all the things that people say to us. Anytime there's an Instagram post about this or we do a, a podcast, <laughs> people are like, yeah, try that when you have blah, blah, blah. Like, and they name all the number of kids they have and responsibilities, <laughs> and, you know, yeah. ministry and or no money or no babysitters. And we're like, those are excuses. You can make it happen. It doesn't have to cost money. It doesn't have to require a babysitter. You can make dates happen in the middle of the night, in the early morning, on your porch, um, in a in a tent in your living room. <laughs> and honestly, people I think yeah. that would say something like that just don't see what a date go like really does. Yeah, I really I think that that's really I mean because if it's the benefit like I never hear these people the same people say I don't have time for a shower. You know, like, or I I don't have time to go, you know, to eat. No, like we do the things that, that matter and are important to us. Mm -hmm. So let's put maybe, well, let's ask, you know, why, okay. Why is that marriage building the marriage important? Mm -hmm. Like, why is that? I mean, yes, we can say like, it's just not to get a divorce. Well, that's not really the reason. Right. What is the reason why we would try to keep a marriage strong? Yeah. Go ahead, babe. So (laughs) if you think about this from a theological perspective, marriage is the one thing that God gave us on this earth to reflect what he is doing on a supernatural level. Wow. Mm -hmm. He has this relationship with us and calls us into this reciprocal connection. And he says, by the way, I'm going to let you practice that on earth with your spouse. And so if we treat our marriage um, the way some people treat God, where it's kind of like a disposable. Whenever I have time. Whenever I have time. I don't have time. Don't have time to pray. Don't have time to talk to God. Um, You know, I'll just wave my Christian card. I'll just wave my married card. Right. Like that's just a status thing. Um, Then that's a mockery. Yeah. You know, and so if we're supposed to be practicing intimacy, which is what God you know, designed our relationship to look like with him, um, then if we're not really practicing it, we're just using it as, as a label, mm-hmm. um, then we're no better than a, um, a tinkling symbol and a clanging glass. Yeah. Yeah. So true. For sure. Well, and along those lines, we've had so many people like, you know, how's married life, you know, and mm-hmm. I'll be like, so fun, you know, and I just yeah. left at, and they're like, see how long that lasts or, mm. you know, they refer to their spouse as the old ball and chain. And Preston, and I just like kind of awkwardly, like, huh? like we don't really know how to respond. So, and we don't ever want to be there. So mm. how would you guys suggest that we combat those negative connotations um, that people associate with marriage? 
Yeah. Oh. Normally the bowling chain happens about year five. You're not there yet. Just joking. <laughs> That's what people will say, right? No. Oh. Well, I think they might be looking at it from a, from a, I don't know, a not heavenly perspective Yeah. because, and I don't know these people, so I can say that. Um, so here's the deal. What if marriage wasn't to make you happy, but it was to make you holy? Mm. If, if that is the case, and I think it is, God puts you into such close proximity <laughs> with someone that's extremely different from you um, that it, it tends to start showing who you really are. You know, your, your best friends generally won't tell you, or sometimes they will, but a lot of times they won't tell you those deepest flaws that you have or those things that they really just get on your nerves. But guess who will tell you? Yeah. You know, your spouse. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is if you, if you reject the spouse trying to help you become more like Christ, help to like you reject your spouse trying to help you become maybe bear more fruit of the spirit, you know, then it will start to feel like a burden and something that I don't, don't want to be around. Mm -hmm. But if I see this as an opportunity for growth, like, mm. I mean, okay, let's go philosophically, apologetically, like back a little bit farther. What is the whole purpose of God creating humans? Okay. Well, people say, well, you know, to love God and enjoy him forever. Oh, yeah, that's true. Okay. He did. But he also developed, he wanted, well, he created us for, for really so that we can enjoy him and that he can enjoy a relationship, you know, together. Like, it's reciprocity. Like reciprocity. Mm -hmm. But in order, when, when he created people, he wanted uh, to also create love at the same time. Mm -hmm. Love can only happen if there is an opportunity to hate and to reject, mm. right? So yeah. when we have those options, we're learning how to choose love because love is a willful action. It's not just a, a fuzzy feeling. Mm -hmm. And I think what people are talking about, they're talking about the infatuation phase. Oh, that infatuation phase is going to wear off. Well, what's happened is they've, they've lost maybe that infatuation, but not clung on to the willful act of changing and becoming more like Christ. Because that's what marriage is. It's a sanctification process. Right. Right. We're constantly in this process of becoming more like Christ. And God created marriage so that this person could come alongside us and help us do that. And help us to become more like him. Mm -hmm. So that when we do live forever in, in utopia, right, heaven, <laughs> that we have, would have learned how to become different. Because God is a lot different from us. Yeah. He's perfectly holy mm -hmm. and we're not. And so isn't it amazing that God's created this institution where we get to learn all this stuff up close in the mirror of our marriage mm -hmm. so that God can trust us and look at us and say, you know, you've learned how to live with people you're not exactly like. Mm -hmm. You've learned patience mm -hmm. and long suffering and temperance and mm -hmm. oh, you've learned all these things here. And, and this is really how I see marriage. So yeah, it's depending on how you look at it. Yeah. If you look at it as like something that 
is restrictive and, you know, ball and chain. Yeah. Yeah. You're not maybe living to it. it it's, how do I say it? Yeah. To its full potential. Right. If you yeah. accept the fact that, yes, we are trying to change in it, it can be an absolutely beautiful thing. So when you hear people like making those jokes, you know, maybe two pieces of advice there take part of that seriously and reject the other part. The part you take seriously is that trying times will come. Mm -hmm. Sanctification is not always fun. (laughs) (laughs) And so accept that part of what they're saying that, yeah, you're not always going to be in this warm, fuzzy infatuation phase. Like you are going to live life together and that's going to be tough and expect that. Mm -hmm. But then reject the part that they're trying to put on you that says, and it's for no purpose at all. And it's no fun. And you're going to hate life. Like, no, like if you can look at that through the lens of a biblical worldview and say, and I welcome those times because that's going to help me become more like Christ, then you're going to be ready for that. And your responses to your spouse are probably going to be a lot more godly. Right. If that's the lens and be prepared for that Mm -hmm. because trying times will come Be, be prepared, like get tools on board. That's Mm -hmm. what it means. Yeah. Get, you know, become, become ready because it's going to happen. Like, like Chris says. That's beautiful. That's so good. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I don't enjoy looking back at 2020, but a question we've asked asked a lot of our guests and uh, the different topics that they've uh, brought to our episodes here in season two. I'm curious in your line of work, you guys work, you've worked with couples for years. And um, as far as counseling and marriage counseling, what have you seen uh, were the major themes of the people you worked with maybe in 2019 and 2020? And what are you seeing now is, has your counseling kind of remained timeless topically, mm. or have you seen different issues arise in the last couple of years? Mm. Yeah. Good question. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, by far and large, we're, we're people, no matter what year it is, we're human, we're fallen, we're broken. And so we're, we see a lot of brokenness, you know, and we, when we, we do get some couples that come just for some maintenance, you know, for some upkeep. And we love that. Um, yeah. Every, every couple, by the way, should have a coach or a therapist. Yes. We, we love that. We recommend people doing that. Um, but unfortunately that's not what most couples do. Most couples come to us when they're in dire need. And so we saw a lot of you know, just brokenness, whether it was 1920 or this year. Um, but what we did see a lot more of in 2020 was that the couples who already had a lot of fractures and didn't address them, they were glaring even more than before because now they're spending 24 seven together. Mm-hmm. Their kids are at home kind of um, changing the dynamic. there, exacerbating a lot of the parenting and communication issues that were already present. Um, suicide rates went up a lot. Um, in my, amongst my colleagues, um, we we are a part of an office here in Elk Grove that has about 15 therapists and uh, a lot of my colleagues had clients who did commit suicide. Thankfully, we didn't have anybody, um, in our, on our caseload that did, but, um, yeah, suicide went up big time because depression went up, um, domestic violence went up. Um, it was a lot, alcoholism, substance abuse. So yeah, I mean, according to the stats, like a lot of things went up, but in general, like relationship issues, 
people are broken and fallen no matter what year it is. So um, now in 2021, I mean, we're seeing a lot of those similar things, you know, brokenness, but we're also seeing um, people who came out of 2020 saying, I realized what I was missing um, in my busy life. I realized I was missing time downtime with my spouse or downtime with my kids or time to just do my garden. Like, you know, just never taking time to do some of those like leisure activities. And now that things are picking back up and all the youth conferences are back on the table and except for NAYC, unfortunately, but, um, you know, like there, a lot of these conferences are back up on the table. They're like, uh, now our calendar's full again. And, but they, they, they have a choice. They need to remember that. And so some of what we've been coaching couples and individuals on is like, you don't have to go back to the busyness that was 2019. You know, like you can still choose to say yes to the things that really matter to you in this season. It's like in 2020, you were forced to do that. Now you can make a choice to do that. Yeah, that's so true. Mm-hmm. It's so good to remember. Um, <laughs> I think something else that you guys have done amazingly, almost preventing you know, that sort of that busyness get in the way or your guys's card decks. So mm. please tell us about the card decks. We went through the foundations card deck when we were engaged and we Aww, loved nice. it. It really yeah. allowed us to open up and even talk about things that we wouldn't have brought up, but, and mm. I'm excited to go through them again. Like, cause it's been a few months now. So well, did you guys do sex expectations yet? Oh, oh no, we haven't done that no, yet. Huh? You better do that one. Next. That's my favorite <laughs> <Okay>. deck. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Yes. Oh, yeah. So, um, you want to share about the card decks? Sure. Well, the card decks were birthed because, um, we realized that there was definitely a need. Um, we are also, we've always been in a constant, uh, pursuit of growth Mm -hmm. in all areas, really. Um, whether it be scholastically or, or biblically or, and, you know, and that also included our marriage. So uh, we, we've done, you know, several different like books and cards that, that come from like Amazon or whatever else. And we just found that sometimes they don't push you toward things that we find at clinically beneficial or spiritually or spiritually beneficial. Like, why would you have this in a card, you know, like, or why would you suggest this? Mm-hmm. Or like, so we thought, you know, from an apostolic perspective, it probably makes sense for us to put a product out there that that aligned with our spiritual values and our, you know, what we know works. Mm-hmm. And so we did that first with expectations, and you can guess what that is all about. It's about sex and intimacy, not just like just the bed, but about intimacy in general. Like, mm-hmm. what does love mean to you? What does affection mean to you? What does desire mean to you? That kind of stuff. Um, just to get you talking about making distinctions around things that to help clarify some, uh, per, you know, just the your love life. And we, frankly, side note. There isn't much talk about sex within our circles. Mm-hmm. There's there's talk about don't watch pornography, and there's talk about don't have sex before marriage, and then there's like radio silence yeah. about <laughs> about like sex in your marriage. Like, true. Hello, we have like Song of Solomon in there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. And then we have foundations which you guys used, uh, but for the listeners, is um, it covers like nine or 10 areas of your marriage. 
um, that we know that need to be talked about. So like communication, conflict resolution, uh, partner style and habits, spiritual um, formation, stuff like that. So finances, finances, parenting. yeah, parenting. Yeah. So all the different kind of areas just to get you guys talking about different aspects. And each card in the foundations deck has a tip at the bottom or a study show um, so that it gets you guys like going further with the conversations. It's not just a question. It's also like or STEM. Yeah. It's like, Hey, do something with this. Um, And then we also have realizations, which we came out with last year and realizations is more of a game. It's how well do you know your partner? So we, yeah, it's a fun one. And it's more focused um, on the individual. Mm -hmm. So whereas foundations and expectations are about the relationship, Mm. this is more like how much do you know about the partner, but it's more about like, where are you going? What's your bucket list? Mm-hmm. What's your background? What are your background? What's your dro- uh, what are your you know dreams? What are your aspirations? You know that kind of thing. Like so about kind of looking back and forward. Okay. And so that one, um, we designed it with dating and engaged couples in mind. Um, but a lot of married couples use it too. Couples who have been married for decades use it and had just as much fun trying to, you know, guess each other's answers. So that one's a fun one. And then just this year, just a couple months ago, we came out with Fundamentos. And that is the Spanish version of the Foundations deck. Awesome. Wow, that's so awesome. Well, we uh, we can be an advocate for the, the card decks. And we uh, we actually just left it in the door of the car. And we were nice. so excited whenever we drive, drive somewhere. You want to do some questions? Yeah. Nice. Like, yeah. You would be on. That would be even. So like, you know, if it was your card, you would answer first or whatever. Oh, that's you know, cool. We loved it. Yeah, I love cool. that. It's yeah. so cool hearing the different ways that people use the cards. Like, road trips is a big one, but like, uh, I like hearing how people will like systematize it by yeah. odd or even odd or drive the card. Yeah. That's so fun. I love that. Yeah. So thank you guys for that great resource. Yeah, thank we'll, you. We'll, we'll hang up here and order the, uh, the other ones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. You will thank me later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, He's man. like, we're ready for sex expectations. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we're so uh, so honored that you yes. guys have joined us. And as we wrap up uh, this episode, um, shameless plug time. Tell everyone uh, what you guys are up to. You can tell them about your podcast, um, your website, wh- wherever they can find you guys. Sure. Um, you can find us on uh, Instagram, YouTube, and podcasts, Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Google, wherever you listen, really, they're every, it's everywhere. But uh, just look up Dear Young Married Couple on any of those platforms and you will find us. So we, we post probably every other day. Mm-hmm. On Instagram? On Instagram. No, it's daily. Well, uh, Monday through Friday. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so pretty much every day we do something, uh, giving it marriage advice. And that's just to keep, you know, keep you talking, keep you thinking about, keep you focusing on something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then YouTube is just a lot of help. And then p- our podcast is a lot of fun because we get to meet really neat people mm-hmm. and have some uh, experts in the field share their knowledge. Yes. And uh, that that's that's a lot of fun. We love interviewing a variety of experts. Um, I mean, we do interview a lot of therapists, but we interview a lot of pastors and authors and speakers um, and then couples who share their story, too. Mm-hmm. So it's a, a good variety. Um, we recently had um, 
uh, we had Gary Chapman, the five love languages author on the podcast. Awesome. And then, yeah. And then we have Gary Thomas coming and in just a couple weeks, uh, who wrote the sacred marriage and then Rachel Cruz, we had Rachel Cruz. Yeah. Ramsey personality. We, so it's, it's fun. We, we it's like all over the place, but a it's, lot of good, but it's a lot of fun voices on the podcast. Yeah. yeah. It's a kind of a mishmash of, of things that we think that would help, um, Pentecostal people grow. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, that's our, that's our dream. That's what we want to see happen. And also if maybe you guys would like to, you know, grow or like you guys as in, uh, or y'all, um, uh, <laughs> they're what, in Ohio. They're not. The yeah. South. Well, there's probably other people listening. <laughs> I just got to speak plainly so people can understand. <laughs> like There's women too. Um, also monthly live date night is a really awesome resource where we spend a little bit more time. We do a, it's like every month, it's an hour and a half where we answer questions and have a topic that we kind of hash out. And uh, that's always a lot of fun. So if you guys want to make like go deeper, it's like 10 bucks a month. So Mm -hmm. as much as a vente from Starbucks. (laughs) It's a community of couples. Um, We have a lot of couples will watch like later the the recorded the um, version later each month um we actually just had a couple today yeah because it's not going to work for all the youth pastors out there that have <laughs> have friday night, friday youth. night youth. yeah that's true <laughs> yeah. but um so rick watching it after the fact is totally fine but typically we'll have about 20 couples or so that log in at the live and it's a zoom session uh once a month and uh they it's really neat it's a community they're totally like getting to know each other too we've been doing it for about eight months, six months, eight months. I know now. Um, and so they all, they're from all over the world. So some are logging in in the middle of the night or Saturday morning, their time when it's Friday night, our time. We just had actually an email from somebody in Spain. Yeah. That, oh yeah today, goodness. today that was like, Hey, we love watching it. Yeah. They're a pastor in Spain and they're like, yeah, we, we can't get on, you know, on Friday nights, but it's mm-hmm. so fun, like catching up and watching the recordings at a time that works for us. And, um, they feel like they're getting to know all the couples that are on too, because they watch the recordings every month and it always comes with a tool for you. So we, we have a a PDF that's a free download with each date night. And it's a way for you to put the stuff that we're talking about into action right away. And also one thing that I normally don't advertise, but I will, (laughs) um, it, I have a personal website that I'm uh, starting to post a lot more on. It's called the helm the helm dot x dot xyz and it's all about apologetics so mm-hmm. some of my apologetic writings and then um also like you know resources and and like my favorite books on apologetics mm-hmm. but for youth pastors especially yeah. in this day and age mm-hmm. i think that apologetics is probably one of the most important studies at least for a time of your life so that you have like answers for the big questions mm-hmm. Yep. And I'll put a shameless plug in there for Adam's work. Um, He is developing a resource for um, youth ministry and young adult hyphen ministry. Um, And so it's a book and a card deck. So the card deck has 52 questions that hard questions that young people ask, you know, why, why does a good God allow evil? Um, Did you really raised from the dead is there evidence for that mm-hmm. and so there's all these hard questions that they'll ask and then the book is uh has it's numbered by the card numbers and so there's chapters. like the yeah all the resources for that card so if card eight said that then you would go to chapter eight and all the you know like evidence and resources are in the book no way when will that be ready 
Oh man, pray for me. (laughs) (laughs) All the questions are written. I I have a lot of the, probably the answers written. Yeah. It's just, I I need to, yeah, do a lot of work. (laughs) (laughs) So hopefully by 2022. Yeah. But I'm just saying that just to put it out there, apologetics needs to be talked about. Yep. I guess I say that because I struggle with my faith Mm -hmm. at, at a point in my life when I went to Cause I was homeschooled and went to college and then, um, my, my bachelor's is in philosophy. Mm-hmm. So I encountered a lot of hostility toward the Christian faith, yeah. what, but was absolutely formative yeah. to make me who I am today. So totally. Yeah. Wow. That's, That's so, so awesome. Cool. Well, keep us in the loop about that resource yes. and we'll, we'll, we'll do we will. for sure. So on that topic, as we wrap up, um, Speak uh, one more thing to the, the junior high, high school youth pastor, the youth pastor that's helping that college student in the philosophy class. Uh, talk to our young leaders. Uh, one, one more uh, piece of advice before we leave. Yes. Okay. Ask more questions. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I feel like if you embrace their doubts, like Jesus did Thomas, um, they'll more readily open up. Mm-hmm. And I think that if you just assume they do have them, because they will, we all do, mm-hmm. um, you'll find them and then you'll be able to be the safe place that they can go to ask harder questions. Mm. Um, but I would just say like, ask more questions, just be there. It just, yeah, that's my heartbeat because if you just ask those simple questions and really be genuinely interested, you'll find a, a beautiful person there. And I would echo the same advice, but in a different context, um, when it comes to counseling as youth pastors, you're going to do a lot of counseling. And, um, a lot of times it's easy to give them a Bible verse or standard or a rule. And that's your counsel is teaching them something. Ask more questions. Mm. I think we would be so much better off in our pastoral counseling world if, uh, counseling consisted more of questions and active listening. Okay. Wow. That's so good. Oh, I'm going to try not to ask more questions right now. (laughs) (laughs) In this podcast at some point. That's so good. Yeah, that is very good. Wheels are turning. Okay. Adam and Chris King, thank you so much for joining us on the Rush Student Ministry Podcast. Yes. Thank you for having us. We value what you do. Amen. It's an honor. Thank you so much for listening to the Rush Student Ministry Podcast. If you want to join the team, leave a rating and review on the podcast platform of your choice. That helps us so much. I'm Preston. And I'm Sadie. And And we'll we'll catch catch you next time on the Rush Student Student Ministry Ministry Podcast. Podcast.